James chapter 3, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? James is asking the question as he writes to all the Christians that are scattered abroad. By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. So he asks the question, which of you thinks you're wise, you're living right, you're living according to the truth? And if so, it should be seen in your outward actions. Verse 14. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. In other words, you, if you say you're a Christian but your actions don't line up with it, if you say you're living according to the truth and the wisdom of God's worth but your actions don't line up with it, stop saying you're a Christian. Good job, James. This is not the wisdom that comes from above. It's not from God. Listen to what it is. But it's earthly. It's unspiritual. Watch the digression here. And I love it. He just comes out with it. And it's demonic. It's flat out just demonized. Okay? For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice some translations say every evil thing okay every vile practice verse 17 but the wisdom from above is first and foremost before we get to anything else it is first pure then peaceable gentle open to reason full of mercy and good fruits impartial and sincere and i love verse 18 and if that wisdom is working in your life and the last part we just read and that's what your life looks like then here's the end result a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace let's pray god we thank you for your word today God, we thank you that your word is just fantastic. And I pray that, Lord, your word would communicate to us in such a way that we can hear it, receive it. Um, God, that we would know what areas you're, you're hitting in our life and that we would walk out of this place being challenged, being equipped, being encouraged, and just being more radically in love with you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but the book of James, as we've been going through it for the last five, six weeks, has absolutely been transforming my life. Um, and not necessarily in a, in a fun way, but definitely in a good way. I feel like I've been, like, I don't know, I, I love cheese. Anybody here love cheese? I love cheese on anything. Um, I feel like cheese going through a grater, right? And it's just being shredded. Um, God has just been working overtime on my heart. And, uh, and all of these things that I've been communicating with you on Sunday, God's been processing in me throughout the weeks before I have an opportunity to preach them. And, and one thing I've come to realize is this, is that James believes so much that the church, if they live according to the word, he believes so much that if the church would live like Christ lived, that it would actually transform the world. And he believed it so much that when he wrote this, uh, what we know now is the book of James, when he wrote this to all the believers that were scattered abroad, he didn't hold anything back. 
he just came right out and he addresses issue after issue that he sees in the life of a Christ follower. And he just goes after it. He doesn't sugarcoat it. I mean, if you like your coffee with cream and sugar, you and James would conflict, man. James obviously liked his coffee black, and the blacker the better, right? There is no gray area, no gray matter with James. It is just in your face. You know, if you say you love Jesus, then live like Jesus. Okay, stop messing around. There's no partiality, okay? Tame your tongue, right? We talked about it last week. Just point on point on point. And really, James doesn't back down here. He actually goes after and at one point literally calls people, hey, you're demonized if you're living like that. Did you read the same chapter or verse I read today? It's flat out demonic. He doesn't hold anything back, and he goes after that. Why? Because if we can grasp hold of what he's saying and literally begin to live this way, it really does possess the power, come on, to change your neighborhood, to change your city, come on, to change your state, to change. Do you believe that this morning? Simply by living according to the word of God, which is really what James begins to talk about here. James begins to address it right now as he begins to talk about two uh, opposing, really, worldviews. Two ways of living life. A wisdom that comes from above and a wisdom that comes from below. Now, if you haven't picked up on this theme yet as you've read through the Bible, anytime that the Bible talks about something from below, it's not a good thing. Okay? Anytime he talks from something from above, that's eh, a good thing. Okay? And so he says there's a wisdom that comes from below, and he describes that, and there's a wisdom that comes from above. Now, if I had a subtitle to my message today, it would simply be fakers, posers, and wannabes, okay? Now, I'm sure you all know what that word poser means, right? That's somebody that, that looks the part, they dress the part, they act the part, but when it comes time to play the part, there ain't no substance there, Right? Uh, when I was playing uh, basketball in college, uh, the, there were several posers that tried to make it onto the team. I will never forget, and I, I, I won't mention this person's name, but I will never forget uh, when, I, when I went to play basketball in college, and coaches are sneaky, they have a certain date in which you can start practices. But what the coach would do, the coach would have a PE class in the first semester. And it was a closed PE class to basketball players. It wasn't practice. It was P class. But every once in a while, somebody else would sneak in there that said they were a basketball player, and they would make their way in. And I'll never forget day one of that P.E. class, man. All of us are there. We're getting ready, and in comes this dude. He had on the sweetest warm-up you've ever seen. Not pajamas. I know you all think they're pajamas nowadays. But no, it was like a, like a warm-up, right? He had, the, he had the, with the little zipper right here. You all know what I'm talking about, right? Okay? Maybe some of them had buttons all the way down. You could just like that. Y'all know what I'm talking about, okay? And he had, man, he had the jacket to match it, and he had on the most expensive pair of shoes. I mean, this guy looked like a baller, right? I mean, he even had the baller walk when he walked in. The little, like, slight limp, you know? But when you get on the basketball court, it's, like, not there, right? I mean, this dude came strutting in. I was just like, oh, man, this guy, he can play. Got on the court, and it's like, you are the biggest disappointment. It's a poser. Okay? Didn't know. James is calling out people like that. You're a poser. You, you say you know God. You say you have wisdom. And you say you have understanding. And if that's true, in the first part of what we read today, if that's true, let it be seen when you get on the basketball court. 
Let it be seen in your interactions with others. Let it be seen in how you talk to your employer or how you talk to employees. Let it be seen in the way that you conduct yourself outside of the church. Listen, anybody can come to church. I'm a Christian. Anybody, listen to me. Anybody can sit out there and sing words on a screen. Told you James has just been. Okay? Anybody can do that. Okay? But when you leave this place, what is the outward expression? What is seen in your life? This is what James is talking about. If you claim that you're tapped into the wisdom of God, let it be seen in your works. He uses the word works. Let it be seen in your works. So I want to ask us today, as we get into this message, are we a faker, poser, a wannabe, or are we truly devoted to Jesus Christ, and is it seen in our life? I was a youth pastor for a long time, and I enjoyed that, and I enjoyed using scare tactics on the young people. And I, I, I remember I'd, I would talk to him about this sometimes, you know, and I would say, hey, young people, you know, you say you love Jesus, but let me ask you this question. If, if nobody knew you were a Christian and there was a hidden camera that followed you around 24-7, what, 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 would your parents want to watch that movie? Would you let Pastor Ben see it? Would God want to watch it? And then I'd have an altar call, and they'd all come up. Let me ask you something, adults. If there was a little camera, because right now as you sit here, you don't know this, but the parking lot guys that are waving at you on the way in, they're hiding cameras on your car right now. And for those of you that walked, we're going to follow you home. No, it's kidding. If that camera followed you around, okay, what would, what would people see? They knew nothing about you, but they watched that film and say, wow, there's something different about that person. Because James is saying this, guys, it's easy to talk the talk. But if you're going to talk it, you better walk it. There better be some, some outward expression of what is taking place on the inside of your life. Are you with me this morning? Stop faking. Stop posing. Now listen to me, I'm not talking about those that have just given their life to Jesus. We all understand a learning curve, right? If you've come to Jesus, man, and you've been saved for a month, two months, we understand that there's a process. But if you've been calling yourself a Christian, what does your life look like? In my 14 years of, of being a pastor, uh, we come, I come across different people all the time. And there's certain people, and I don't call them a, a poser to their face, but there's certain people that you encounter and over these 14 years, I've encountered them, whether they're young people, whether they're married, whether they're adults. And they know the Word of God really, really well. You can ask them where a scripture's at, and they know exactly, oh, that's, and they'll be able to rattle it off. Man, they can talk about different things out of the Bible. They can talk about church, and, and probably even better than me in some ways. And, and you know, I, they're, they're people that I'm kind of afraid to debate with, because it's like, wow, they, they, they're really quick on their toes, and they can, wow, Okay. And they can quote the scripture. They can blog about the scripture. They can, all this. But then you sit down and you're talking with them about their life, and their life is completely a wreck. See, I've realized something. We only actually believe the amount of the word that we live. 
We don't believe the amount of the word that we say we believe. We, we, we need to examine our life and the way we live. And, and we really believe, is someone with me this morning? We believe that which we, which we live. So James says, hey, there's two opposing wisdoms. Let me get into it real quickly here. Two opposing wisdoms. Now remember this, he's talking to the church, right? He's talking to Christians, okay? He's talking to Christ's followers. So this exists in the church. First one is this. There is a wisdom that is from below. A wisdom that is from below. And, and he begins to describe this. And he says, first and foremost, that, that wisdom that is from below, it is earthly. Earthly. What does it mean by earthly? There is a wisdom that comes from the world. Okay, this would be the, the wisdom... That, that would be the, the, the majority says. And so therefore it's okay. It's kind of a, a, a popular consensus. If the world accepts this, then that's what's right. Okay, and so I glean my wisdom from that. The world says, I mean, you know, it's okay to cohabitate and live together and have sex together before marriage. There's my wisdom. It's earthly. And therefore, I gain my wisdom from that. It's what the majority is doing, so it must be okay. The wisdom from below is first that. It's, it's earthly. And then he says this. Then he says it's unspiritual. So watch the digression here. It's earthly, popular vote. Then it's unspiritual. What's he saying? He's saying it's fleshy. Galatians chapter 5. The spirit and the flesh are opposed and at war with each other. So when James says, hey, man, that wisdom is unspiritual, what he's saying is he's saying it's coming from the flesh. What does that mean? Okay, that would be this kind of wisdom. Whatever feels right is right. Right? If it seems right, it must be right. It just feels right. It just feels good. Yes. It feels good, therefore it is good. There's a lot of ruined relationships out there because of that type of wisdom. Right? She just, she just seems like the right, feels right. Dude, she's still married to the other guy. I know, but it just feels so right. Eh. It just seems right. I mean, we, we love each other, and we plan on getting married. So because we're going to get married, it just, I mean, is there really a problem with it? I mean, after all, it's the thought that counts, right? And I'm thinking about marrying her. It just feels right. seems right. It's fleshy. Right? How many of you guys ever watched House Hunters before? HGTV. Any House Hunter fans in here? Oh, yeah, I got some huge House Hunter fans. Awesome. I love it. They, they grab a couple, and it's all staged, of course. But they have a couple, and they show them three homes. And then they got to choose between these three homes. And like nine times out of ten, they end up picking the most expensive home. They show them one home that's here, one home that's here, and without fail, the realtor always shows them one home that is outside of their budget. And they'll be like, well, that one's not in our budget, really. It's a little bit out of our budget. And they end up buying that one. Why? Because it just seems right. Of course you love that one. It's the most expensive one. And the realtor knows how to plan your emotions and toy with your budget. (laughs) And they'll just say, well, I mean, really, I mean, it's just, it's only going to cost you about 70 more dollars a month. Oh, really? Yeah, but you don't have 70 more dollars a month. 
Are you with? That's why it's called a budget. <laughs> but then it buys that one. Why? Because it just feels right. Our economy is in the place it is today because people bought things that just felt right. Yes, of course, the 4,000 square foot home with a pool and a hot tub felt right. Why wouldn't it? That's fleshy. And that'll get you in trouble. That's not wisdom. And then he just comes right out to it and he says, that, that wisdom that's from below, it's demonic. Wow. It's demonic. Well, what does he mean by that? It, the, the spiritual forces of wickedness will come and play on the first two. It feels right, doesn't it? That's a beautiful home. Everyone will like you if you have that home with the pool and the hot tub. You should buy it. You'll be people's favorite in the church, and they'll come over and do all sorts of social events at your house. Well, get the car. You deserve it. Demonic. Comes and plays on the first. Man, that fan, fan is really loud today, isn't it? Maybe it's because you're so quiet today. Can't buy, you can't live by this kind of wisdom. Here's what your life looks like if you do. You go, James goes on to say, if you're listening to that kind of wisdom, that's where bitter jealousy and selfish ambition exist. Now remember, he's talking to the church. Selfish ambition, envy, bitter jealousy. I can't believe they got that. I'm going to go get me something nicer. Spirit of competition. If you're living by that wisdom, this is what your life looks like. Here's the outcome. You ready? And then he goes and says, if that's what your life looks like, here's what the outcome will be. Disorder and every evil thing. Let me sum it up for you. Basically, your life will be a wreck. It'll be a mess. It'll be disorder orderly that's why there's so many people out there that I, i've confronted over the last 14 years and they can talk it and they can blog it and they can be like wow that's like really deep and that's really good and and then you go and you meet with them and their life is in disorder their marriage is in disorder their finances are in disorder this thing's a wreck and that thing's a wreck and it's like disorderly and every evil thing exists there and it's a mess. Everything they touch becomes a mess. Thanks, James. But the good thing is, there's another wisdom. And this wisdom, it comes from above. And let, let me describe what your life, your life will look like if you, if you have this type of wisdom. And I love what James does here. James literally paints this picture to completely oppose the first one. He says, very first thing, first and foremost, it's pure. It's without admix. It doesn't have any mixture in it. It's just pure. It is what it is all by itself. It's not mixed with anything else. 
See, a lot of people, they look, they'll, they'll read James, and they'll be like, okay, there's a wisdom from above, there's a wisdom from below, but our human nature says, is there one in between? Couldn't there be one in the middle? I mean, like somewhere right there? Because I really like what the Scripture says there, but yet I don't know if that's really for me. No, it's pure. The Bible is true on everything it speaks. We, we, don't, we don't take the Bible and then take the most popular thing that's happening and say, if you can just find a happy medium. It's not what the Bible says and what Pastor Ben says. Because hopefully Pastor Ben is saying what the Bible says. It's not what the Bible says and what your Bible study leader says. It's not what the Bible says and Oprah says. It's not what the Bible says and Dr. Phil says. It's not what the Bible says and your mama says. It's the Bible. Pure. Undefiled. By itself. Okay? It's pure. Then after that, after we've settled that, this wisdom is pure, comes straight from the the truth of God's word, then it's peaceable. Listen to what he does. He comes against the other one that brings disorder. Okay? It's peace, so your life will have peace. When you're tapped into the word of God, the pure, the true, the wisdom from above, there's peace. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Right? There's peace, even in those circumstances. Why? Because it's pure. It teaches me. It trains me. It guides me. It leads me. Uh, over the 14 years that I've been in ministry, I, I've worked with people, and they'll come to me and say, Pastor, I just, man, I just, I have no, I don't know what my future is. I'm so confused, and I'm so frustrated, and I'm so, just so much disorder. I, well, I, have you been reading your Bible? No, I, I'm so frustrated, I can't even do that. <laughs> When's the last time you read it? Uh, when's the last time I was at church and you read it, Pastor? Pretty sure I read it on the screen. A lot of times they'll come to me and I'll say, you know what you need to do? You need to do our urban school of ministry. Really? Yeah, what? You'll tell me what I need to do with my life in that? Not really. But what happens is for nine months, you get nothing but the pure. The word of God. And all of a sudden, we don't tell people anything. We don't say, hey, I feel like you need to, hmm. You know? We just teach the word for nine months straight, and the people are like, I know what I'm supposed to do with my life. Why is that? Because there's order. There's peace. Because he tapped into this. And then the sad thing is, like four months later, like, I don't know what to do with my life. I'm lost. That's because you stopped. After we stopped spoon-feeding you, you forgot to go back to it, right? Let me ask this question, okay? And you don't have to raise your hand. Just think about it for a minute. How many of you guys have ever come to a service and you just felt so distraught, you felt discouraged, you felt like, man, or maybe not even distraught or discouraged, you just felt like, man, I just don't know what I'm supposed to do in this situation. And then you left and you're like, oh, man, I got the answer. Why is that? Pure. It's good preaching, Pastor. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Peaceable. It's gentle. They don't come across arrogant. Pe- peaceable, gentle. L- listen, to it's open to reason. 
These people are open to reason. They're tapped in. They're open to reason, as long as the reason comes from the pure. Open to reason. They're not know-it-alls. People that are tapped into the first wisdom, they just come across as know-it-alls. It don't matter what it is. They are, they are, they know on every stall. Don't buy that car. Why? Well, because one time I had a friend that bought a car just, you should buy this car. That's the car you drive. I know it's the best. Jeep Wrangler. Come on, somebody. Open to reason. Open to correction. Full of mercy. I like this one right here. Full of good fruits. Full of good fruits. What's that? That's a track record. Full of good fruits means that I've been getting the pure. I've been applying the pure. And man, look at, that doesn't mean I'm perfect all the time. Doesn't mean I don't make mistakes. Okay? But you look at their children. You look at their finances. You look at their interaction. Oh man, they got a track record. There's some fruit coming from that. They have a healthy marriage. They have a healthy relationship with others. Those are the people that you want to tap into. Not only that, they, they give advice, and you do their advice, and it actually works. And then you're talking to somebody else, and somebody's like, hey, I, I, I was talking to so-and-so, and they, me too. That's a track record. There's good fruit coming from them. But now be careful, because the people that are tapped into the wisdom from below, some, they'll, they'll, they'll have no problem giving you advice. But 100% of the time, their advice won't work. And you'll be talking to somebody else, like, man, I listen, oh, me too. Okay. Track record, good fruits. Impartial. We talked about that. We spent a whole weekend on it. No partiality. Impartial. This wisdom, it, it brings, so people are impartial. What, is, what does that really mean? It means this, that when something arises, the word of God's advice is above everybody else's advice. All the time, every time, in every circumstance and situation. Can't sometimes be over here and then sometimes be over there. And sincere. Sincere. Now listen, what's the outcome of that? The outcome is a harvest of righteousness. Listen to it. It's a generation of godly people who know who God is and how to live according to his word. Two kinds of wisdom. One from below. One from above. One is really good. The other looks, sounds, feels right. But there's disorder, there's chaos. So I want to ask you this question today. Are, are you like the guy that came into the basketball PE class? Nice warm-up suit, looking good on Sunday. The pink shirt, come on somebody. Man, you, you can act the part. And you got, man, you got the Bible in hand. Here's the scary thing. Is James is specifically, first and foremost, addressing teachers at this point of the law. 
If you go back to verse 1, don't let many of you desire to be teachers. That whole thought carries throughout the whole entire chapter. He's specifically and first and foremost addressing the teachers of the law at that time. He's saying, hey, look, you are teaching bad stuff. In other words, a pastor, Pastor Ben could get up here. But man, what if there was a little camera following Pastor Ben around? What would it look like? It could be Amanda up here leading worship. Can I share with you a crazy story as we finish? I was talking to one of my friends, and uh, he shared with me a story, youth pastor at the time, and they had the most amazing worship. Worship was phenomenal. Amazing. They'd go, man, people would just be raising their hands, touching with like all sorts of folks. Some things started coming out about the worship team. That they were literally staying up till late hours on Saturday night, partying, getting drunk, doing weed. This isn't urban. Amanda's not doing that, right? <laughs> Amanda wasn't here last weekend. Hmm. Crazy things happening. To the point where the two guys actually ended up switching wives. How is that possible? This stuff's happening behind scenes and stuff's. Man. The Bible says that the gifts of God are without repentance. In other words, you can put on a front for a while because the gifts that God put inside of you. I could get up here and I could just be, that's why pastors and you hear stuff coming out later, but they have churches of thousands, thousands. And later on, they found out they're in this engrossed sin. What's that all about? Got to go back to the B-I-B-L-E. Anybody know that song? We should do that one in worship sometime. Because you can fake it for a little while. You can front for a little while. You can pose for a little while. But the Bible says, be sure your sins will find you out. And James is saying, guys, knock it off. Stop faking, stop posing, and either come into full agreement with what you say you believe with your actions and your deeds and your words, or just go completely the other way. Because if you say you believe then this will be the fruit of your life. And it will impact the world and change society around you. God, we thank you for your word today.